This morning, our scripture reading will come from the book of Colossians. We're reading Colossians chapter 1, verses 12 through 20. Colossians 1, 12 through 20. Well, actually, we'll start with verse 11. May you be made strong with all the strength that comes from his glorious power. And may you be prepared to endure with everything with patience, while joyfully giving thanks to the Father, who has enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints of light. He has rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all of creation. For in him all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers. All things have been created through him and for him. He himself is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church, and he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. For in him the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of the cross. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. A few years back, probably 88 or 89 or so when I was in Ripley, I had been out of seminary for about five years or so. And so part of me was thinking, you know, do I really want to maybe start working on some type of doctoral program or something like that? So I, so I had began to think about it, and my favorite professor from seminary in Memphis had taken a job at Garrett Evangelical Seminary. That's the United Methodist Seminary in kind of the Midwest portion outside of Chicago. And, and he, he was very close to mine, Dr. Bryant. He was a very good mentor and did a lot to shape how I believe. He was encouraging me to, to come up to Garrett, to, to start a, a seminary, uh, a, a doctoral program up there. And I'm like, thinking, I don't know. I'm kind of interested, but I don't know. And so I, he said, well, just fly up here, tour the campus, talk to us and see. So I did it. I flew to Chicago in February, and I realized I'm good because, y'all, I'm cold in Jackson. I would straight up die in Chicago. I would, you know, they'd just have to roll me into Lake Michigan, and I would be done. I, I, just, I, was, um, I just couldn't do it. But it was, it was a fun trip, and I, I love spending time with him. But I think often about when I touched down at, in, at Midway, and, and I got on the L train to go up to Evanston, where the seminary was, and, y'all, I had that tourist what am I doing? Look all over my face. You know, they don't have any subways in Bogachetta. We barely have roads. So I'm walking around like I have no clue where I am or what I'm doing. And this sweet woman at the kind of ticket counter looks at me and says, honey, you okay? I'm like, ma'am, no, ma'am, I'm not. <laughs> I've got to get from here up to Evanston to the seminary for this Lesson, this meeting I've got to go to. She says, oh, seminary, you a preacher? I said, yes, ma'am. And when I met this woman, when she came to talk to me, there was something about her that I, I don't know, it just struck me. I'm like, there's, something, there's something about her that I, don't, I can't put my finger on. And I just, I, I feel it. I see it on her face. I don't know what it is, but I just see it. She said, you a preacher? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, well, I'm a Christian too. Like, really? And I realized that's what it was. That, that, that's what it was that, that I saw in her face and, and what, I, what, I, what, I, what I heard in her voice and what I felt in her presence. It was that Jesus connection. 
It was that Jesus connection that I, I just knew. Now, I don't know anything about her. I don't even know her name. Don't know what church she went to. Don't know any of that. But I remember sitting in the lobby of that station talking to somebody who knew Jesus like I did. When I was at Mississippi College, my, my senior year, I was part of a mission team. And we, I think I've shared with you before, we went to Lithuania on a mission trip. And we were working in Lithuania. This is like early 90s. The Soviet Union had just receded from Lithuania. They were still scared and they were still angry. And so the church was very new at this point. And the church is just being formed at this point. So they, they, they took us dumb college kids and dropped us off in Lithuania with host families. It's going to shock you to know I had not yet taken my electives in Lithuanian in college yet. So I spoke no Lithuanian, and she spoke less English than I spoke Lithuanian. But there was something about the host family that drew me to them and them to me. Even though we didn't speak the same language, even though we knew nothing of the same culture, even though there was a world of difference between us, something drew us together. You know what that something was? It was Jesus. I've got a buddy of mine went to went to Colin with. He's from Ruth, Mississippi. You got to be out in the middle of nowhere to know where Ruth is. Went to Colin together. He went to Southern. I went to MC. He married a girl from Canada. And he went to seminary out in San Francisco at Golden Gate Baptist Seminary. And he is now. I think I've shared him with you before. He is now the pastor, the only Protestant, the only pastor of a Protestant English-speaking church outside of Vancouver, of a city of a quarter of a million people. And there he is. He was in town a few weeks back for the Mississippi Baptist Convention Board. And we grabbed coffee, and we talked, and we visited. And it was so neat to have these conversations about being a pastor, regardless of the context, regardless of the city, but to have this conversation about the joy that comes from knowing Jesus, from knowing Jesus, and seeing the joy that comes from people when they meet Jesus, and seeing Jesus in other people. I've got a friend of mine that just moved up to Virginia. He's a priest. He just took a brand new church and a brand new context. We were talking about the joy that comes from meeting Jesus. I look across my life and how fortunate I am to know people from all over the world, from all over different contexts and different cultures and different places and different denominations, and to see this unifying belief, this unifying concept, this unifying doctrine, this unifying understanding that is Jesus Christ. If your Bible's like my Bible, my Bible has little section headers above every section. And the section I read from, it's entitled, The Supremacy of Jesus Christ. Yes, sir. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. The supremacy of Jesus Christ. That is what it is about. We're in this series right now called This I Believe, talking about the key doctrines, the core doctrines, what we believe as a church, what are the key things that bind us together. And the doctrine that binds all things together is that right there, the supremacy of Jesus Christ. The gospel is this, Jesus is Lord of all things. Jesus is Lord of the, the church, his body. He is Lord of our life. Jesus must be Lord of every part of our life. Jesus is Lord of our calendars. 
Jesus is Lord of our wallets. Jesus is Lord of our habits. Jesus is Lord of all things. And in our lives, in our lives, if we attempt, if we attempt to make some other thing Lord of our life, friends, we are setting ourselves up for failure. Anything you make Lord of your life other than Jesus in time will fail you. On Christ, the solid rock I stand, on other ground, it's sinking sand. The gospel is this. Not about being a good person. Not about doing the right thing. The gospel is not made up of, Paul said, the gospel is not of what you eat or drink. The gospel is not about what worship style we prefer. The gospel is not about what Bible translation we read. The gospel is not about denominations or denominational conflicts. The gospel is about Jesus Christ. And if we build our lives, if we build our church, if we build our doctrines, if we build all that we are on anything but Jesus, we will fail and it will fall apart. Jesus is Lord. Nothing else. That's the gospel. The gospel is not about these trivial things that we make them about because those are easy. It's easy to, to make the gospel about things that, are, that seem important and that may be preference. Preference is good, y'all. I love preference. Preference is fine. We all have our preferences. We have preferences of worship styles. We have preferences of denominations. We have preferences of scriptures. I prefer not to eat vegetables. We all have preferences. Preferences are good. But preferences are not the gospel. Jesus Christ is Lord is the gospel. That's what we're about. That's what unites us, and that is what makes us the church. It is Jesus Christ. We build our lives upon him. We build our church upon him. We build our beliefs upon him. We build everything we are and we do upon that concept of Jesus being Lord. But y'all, it's so easy. It's so easy to put our life upon other things because other things whisper to us, y'all. We want to put our lives upon what Facebook tells us we should care about. Or the news. Or the medias. Or our neighbors. Or all these things. We want to put our lives upon the things we're told to care so much about. When in truth, the only thing we can build our life on that will not fail us is the lordship of Jesus Christ. And I don't know about you, but sometimes, sometimes I don't want to pray. Because I'll know there's an area of my life that I'm keeping from Jesus. I know it. Like he can't see. Like, oh, I got it behind my back. Jesus can't see back there after all. No. There'll be an area of my life. Usually, to be a transparent, it's the thing that I'm worried about. And I won't give that to Jesus because I think I can do it myself. I mean, what's Jesus know? Huh, he's not as smart as me. So I'll keep that thing from him. You know what I'm, you know what I'm not going to have in that area of my life that I keep from Jesus? Peace. 
I'm not going to have peace in that area that I keep from him. So sometimes I won't pray because you know what's going to happen when I pray? He's going to poke at me and 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 poke at me until I give it to him. Because sometimes I don't want to give it to him. Sometimes, if I'm going to be honest, I don't really want Jesus to be Lord of my life. I prefer to be Lord of my life. I mean, I like what I'm doing. I like it my way. Me being Lord is kind of fun. But that's not a firm foundation. Jesus Christ is Lord. Not me. Not you. Jesus. We so easy can make our preferences and our personal things Lord of our life instead of Jesus. I've noticed, I've noticed we've, I kind of got, I see a dichotomy or a breakdown in the, in the church and the world that I see a lot now. This is just, it's my theory, so indulge me. I think we have a division between the concept of morality and holiness. The Lord desires that we be holy. Morality is a little dangerous, and I'll tell you what I mean by that. Let me unpack that. Somebody asked a question in the British newspapers in the turn of the century. And G.K. Chesterton, G.K. Chesterton was, um, was a, a British theologian in the 1900s. He was one of C.S. Lewis's great influences. Somebody asked a question in the paper, what is the problem in the world today? And Chesterton wrote back in and said, the answer, sir, is me. I am the problem. I like that because what that means is this. The problem with the world today is that over there, whoever they are, that is. And that then assumes that I am not the problem. I'm, I'm the good guy. I'm the one that's got it all figured out. I'm the good guy. Morality says this. I'm good. I've got all my stuff together and I've got it all figured out. And they, whoever they are, are bad. Holiness says this. Jesus is Lord, and every knee will bow, and every tongue will confess to Jesus Christ. I am not Lord. I am simply one who bows my knee to the one that is Lord. Holiness says we are all sinners in need of salvation by an amazing God. Morality says y'all need to get saved. And what the world needs now are Christians who acknowledge that Jesus is Lord and desire holiness which is the desire to bend our knee and bend our lives to the will of Christ, to have his spirit transform our heart and then have us live out that good news in a world so desperately needing Jesus Christ. I am not the hope for the world today. Jesus is. St. Matthew's is not the hope of the world today. Jesus is. No denomination is the hope of the world today. Jesus Christ is the hope of the world today. And if we build our lives, if we build our church, if we build anything on anything but Jesus Christ, we will fail. Jesus is Lord. That's the gospel. Y'all, that's the whole shooting match. Nothing else matters. Not our preferences, none of that. It's Jesus. I don't want to make you a good person, y'all. 
My desire is not to make you a good person. My desire is you to love Jesus. And if you love Jesus, I think he'll take care of the rest. Jesus is Lord. That's the gospel. And that's the good news that we build our lives, build our churches, build everything around the Lordship of Jesus Christ. So today, friends, what's your life built upon? By the way, it doesn't have to be a bad thing. The, the, the best thing the devil can do to us, the biggest trick he plays, is he wants us to build our lives on good things. Good things that aren't Jesus. Most of us are pretty smart and know not to build our life on something bad. I mean, that's easy. <laughs> not building your life on something bad, that's pretty easy to do. But the challenge is not to build our life on career, which is good, reputation, power, wealth, zip code, whatever, whatever. Those things fail, y'all. But to build our life on Jesus, that's the gospel. Jesus Christ is Lord. May he be Lord of our life today. And by his spirit, may his spirit convict us of the places where he is not Lord of our life. And may we lay those things at Jesus' feet. Let's pray.